Welcome to the Display the Gospel podcast, a place where we will explore topics related to the Christian life in order to demonstrate and declare the gospel as followers of Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Um, My name is Brett Ricely, and we are uh, continuing in our series, The Gospel-Centered Stewardship. And we've talked about a lot of topics today, and today we're talking about the topic of family, the reality that we have been entrusted with our family for those of us who are are married, um, but even those potentially who are just in a family, there's also an aspect of that. But we're primarily going to be talking about those who are married and have spouses and children and how we as Christians are called to live in a way that honors God uh, with our family. So before we jump in, I want to remind us of our, of our definition that we've been using for stewardship. So stewardship is this. It's the belief that everything belongs to God because God is sovereign over all things. Stewardship begins as we recognize God as exercising divine ownership over everything. And so the reality of stewardship is that we have actually been entrusted by God with responsibility over things that He owns. And so we are managers. God is the owner. And so today, that's kind of to set the framework um, of our conversation today. Stewardship is not just about money. Stewardship is actually about responsibility. And so God's entrusted to us um, the responsibility for our families. And so today, um, you, don't, you don't have to just listen to me. Uh, you have the privilege of, of uh, one of my friends who's rolling through town, uh, and uh, he's going to be joining us today. So Brent, welcome uh, for uh, joining us today. Thanks for having a conversation with us. Yeah, it's good to be here. It'll be fun having this conversation. Yeah, awesome. So let's just jump right in. Um, we've been entrusted uh, with our families, with the care, protection, discipleship in our families. So as you think about that topic, Brett, if someone were, Brett, were to come up to you and say, hey, you've been entrusted with, a fa- with your family, what, what, what sort of things go through your mind, and what sort of things would you want to maybe share that are, that are near and dear to your heart about how you are responsible for, that, for your family? Yeah, whenever the word entrusted is mentioned, uh, for me, there's a sense of responsibility mm. that I've been given a role or a job, per se, uh, yeah. to accomplish a specific task, and uh, that there's some sort of responsibility I have for, specifically in this context, for the people God has put in my life, meaning my wife and my children. So, yeah, so then I start asking, what is that responsibility? You know, what are we trying to accomplish here? Yeah. Uh, for me, uniquely as a husband and a father. Yeah, no, that's good, and that's that's a great point. What what are we down here for, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what are we here to accomplish? I think that's a great question. I think it's real easy as a family in in America or wherever we find ourselves to to maybe wonder um, what is our purpose as a family? What do we exist for? You know, my wife and I just got back from a, a marriage retreat. In Michigan, and we've been married going on 13 years. We'd never done a marriage retreat like this, and I was joking with people, man, we should have done this 12 years ago, <laughs> every year in a row. Yeah. But you know, God's grace is is sufficient, and we were able to go. But one of the things that came out of one of our conversations at lunch one day was like, what's kind of our mission statement, if you will, as a family? And that might sound a little odd to some of you to have a mission statement. You know, churches have mission statements, right? Like, why do they exist? But I think it's relevant to at least think about as a family. Why does my family exist, and what specific values um, and priorities um, is our family going to have? And so we came away with uh, a, a phrase that I'm just going to put it out there, and, and people can uh, think about it, whatever they want to think. But our family mission statement is going to be zeal, 
for faithfulness. Oh, nice. Now, zeal means unwavering commitment, and faithfulness is simply being faithful to the Lord. Um, and that comes from Romans 12, 11, which says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor for the Lord. Um, and so anyways, as we talked about that, we really began to get excited to think about our family's not here just to mark time, not just to collect a bunch of money, not just a big house, right, right. not just to go on vacations that are cool and to, and to say we've experienced the world. All those things are, are fine, and there's probably nothing wrong with those. But what we're here for is an unwavering commitment to Jesus Christ and his person and his mission, um, and then how that fleshes it out. We want to be a family that's all about that. Hmm, that sounds good, and uh, I really appreciate the focus that provides. There are just so many different things we could be yeah. focused on or spend our time doing, uh, but that helps nail down, like you mentioned, why are we here, what's our purpose, and in a succinct way that I think you could easily invite your children into. Yeah. Because we're saying we're doing this as a family. Yeah. What, and what does it look like to hmm. live that out faithfully each day? Yeah. Yeah, and so that's and that's really where it gets hard, doesn't yeah. it? Right? How do we how do we actually live this out? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, one of the frameworks we've kind of talked about before is the idea that all that we've been entrusted with should honor and glorify God. It should edify the church. That means the local church, um, which is believers, and then it also should engage or yeah, engage or be around those who don't know Jesus. Um, and so let's talk about that for a little bit. How does a Christian family honor and glorify God? How does a Christian family edify the local church? How does a Christian family engage those who don't know Jesus? Maybe let's just take those one at a time and unpack that a little bit. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the first thing that just comes to my mind as you're doing that is you're trying to identify uh, what is our purpose, and you're trying to nail it down to a point where it's not so lengthy and complicated that you're never going to be able to remember <laughs> it, and you're trying to find what are those irreducible minimums that, hey, we've got to make sure our life mm. are about these key things. Mm. Um, and then it seems like there's a, a teaching component, especially mm. as you're talking with mm. your children, like, what, what do we mean mm. by these things? Yeah. And so there's a, a aspect of a verbal where you're talking about mm. according to God's word, yeah. what do we know about these things? And, but then there's also an action component mm. of we don't want to just be here's the word only. We want to mm. do what it says yeah. and do it together. Yeah. So it's not just conceptual in our minds, but this is actually getting into the way we live. Mm. That's good. Yeah. I think a few verses that came to mind um, while you were talking as well was even Deuteronomy 6, 7, mm-hmm. which uh, is kind of the famous Shema passage yeah. in the Old Testament, uh, where Moses is, is giving the command to, to, to train up and teach diligently your children and to kind of pass on that generational faith to the next generation. So there's, I think that's an irreducible minimum. I like the way that you said that, that our faith is supposed to be passed on. Yeah. But like you said, that he, that passage talks about teaching them diligently, whether you're sitting, whether you're walking, whether you're lying down. Basically, all of life is actually about mm-hmm. God, and it's about this mission of redemptive history in Christ. Um, and so it's not compartmentalized as a family to just Sunday mornings, right? <laughs> or Wednesday yeah. nights, or, or whatever day you may uh, participate in a local church if you're listening to this. You know, the, the mission of God and the family that follows Jesus doesn't follow Jesus once a week. 
Uh, we, we follow Jesus 24-7, 365. Yeah. Um, and as a family, that's easier said than done, right? Uh, I've got young kids, you've got kids. It's easier said than done, right? And so if you're listening and wondering, you know, wow, that's, that's, that sounds pretty intense. Well, it is what it is, right? It can be, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I really love that phrase you just mentioned, all of life. I believe it has, it's rich with meaning and potential. Mm-hmm. And maybe it sounds overwhelming at first if you think, what in, how in the world is every aspect of my life supposed to be oriented towards Christ and His mm-hmm. mission? It can seem daunting. Mm-hmm. But if you start to, to look at one thing at a time, yeah. through God's grace and faithfulness, uh, Him helping us turn all things towards Him to where there is this gospel intentionality mm. uh, in all aspects, down even to the what may seem like the mundane things of life with uh, as a family, like how you yeah. start the day. Yeah. Um, sometimes that can just be hurried and mm. rushed and busy, and yet what does it look mm. like to start our day in a way in which yeah. that positions us and orients us towards accomplishing, like you said, your your mission statement as a family yeah. and the basics of honoring, glorifying God, edifying the church, and engaging the lost. Yeah. So you could we could look at it as this or, overwhelming prescriptive way of life or as wow, there is still so much incredible opportunities within my life that I have not yet engaged. Yeah. Uh, and in that potential and opportunity are so many life-giving opportunities for me individually and as a family. Yeah, and that's good. I think, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of focus in my family about anything really in, in terms of all of life being for the glory of God. Mm. Um, it was kind of all of life for the glory of you. And the yeah. glory of me, and, and whatever you want to do, just go do that. And I think that's the cultural norm, right? You do you, you only live once, you know, this, this idea that, that it's all about you. So get what you can get, do what you want to do, live life to the full. And, and if, if uh, you know, uh, it's all, it really just is pretty a self-centered mission. Um, but as a family, you know, we're, we're told in, in Proverbs 22, 6, if, if we've got children, to train them up in the way they should go. And when he's old, hopefully they won't depart from it, you know. So even for us as as husbands, you know, setting the pace for our family to say, here's the way, son or daughter, that you should go. Now, obviously, we can't force our kids to do anything or even right. to believe, but right. to model and set a pace um, of what it looks like to pursue Jesus and to model that for our kids and then to teach them. And so I even think of Ezra seven ten who was pursuing to know the Lord, and then he pursued to model that for the people, and then he was teaching the people. So pursue, model, teach has always been a phrase that's kind of been in my head as well of what it looks like to, to hopefully be a good steward in my home. Mm. How do I pursue God and model that for my wife, and then teach my wife and disciple her and pour into her, and, and how do I pursue God and pursue my wife and model that to my kids? Hey, look, kids, I'm, I'm running after your mom, and I love her, and I'm for her, and she's the only one for me, and we're going to take a marriage retreat because she's important to me, mm, you know, cool. and just even modeling things to them um, as kids to see their dad's pursuit of his, their mom in a way that honors the Lord and, and hopefully brings them to a place to see, wow, uh, dad hopefully has his priorities in the right order, even though dad will definitely make lots of mistakes oh, man, <laughs> along the way. Right, that's so true. it'll be very imperfect, but uh, God's never called us to be perfect, and that's that's the good news as well. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that is encouraging. I agree. There is this aspect of teaching and modeling that we even see uh, in the way Paul relates to 
different churches that he's been mm. a part of in the book of Acts or uh, in First Thessalonians, we see him saying, yes, we presented the gospel to you with words, but then he references in uh, the first and second chapter, you also saw the way in which we lived yeah. among you. Yeah. So there was definitely this strong focus on uh, what you're catching from me as much as what you're hearing from my mouth. That's good. Uh, that his lifestyle was key to mm. his work. Mm. I think both in, in the proclamation and demonstration of the power of the mm. gospel, but also in the basics of what does that look like lived out? I am thankful, like, like you mentioned, that we've got this bar set really high by Jesus and then his followers like Paul, and then we see examples in the Old Testament, yet I'm thankful that he is ve- <laughs> our Father is so patient with mm. us because yeah. even though I say these things in very passionate if I'm really honest with you, <laughs> yeah. these are things that mm-hmm. for much, much of my life I have not been mm-hmm. faithful to. And as by God's grace, we've been working to make these principles uh, part of our daily life as a family. We still yeah. have many moments where some, whether our routine shifts or one of us is sick or I'm just being fleshy, we get out of these <laughs> disciplines and these yeah. rhythms as a family. Yeah, And yet when... By God's grace, we're able to be faithful in it. It is amazing the impact it has, not only on my children, wife, but myself. Yeah. So, but yeah, that 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 opportunity to live something out has been something that our family has been trying to figure out what that looks like. Yeah. So both as a family, as we gather, what do we do when we're together, and then in what ways are we get uh, engaging the people around us? Yeah. No, that's really good. I think one rabbit trail I think I'm going to take is in that vein of honesty and vulnerability. And yeah. one of the areas that, that I have not led well in in my family is is Sabbath mm. and taking time off. And we could get into the nuances maybe of Sabbath versus days off. Yeah, I that's think there, good. That's a good point. I think there's a difference, which that's probably a podcast for another day. But, but when we went on this retreat, we really came back convicted uh, especially me, who is in ministry and, and has multiple days off that I can take, but often those days are not protected, um, and those days are not very intentional. Um, they end up kind of just being ebbing and flowing and usually not being very purposeful, mm-hmm. uh, especially given our mission, right, to be zealous yeah. for faithfulness to the Lord. Often, well, there's not a lot that looks like faithfulness. It's just kind of laziness, slothfulness, or or just checking out and vegging out. And, and uh, so we really came back convicted about Sabbath, specifically about... We're going to switch to a different day, Mondays, and and have that set as like, this is a day where it's just us and our family, and no ministry stuff unless there's an, an absolute dire emergency, which you've been in ministry long enough, you learn that there are true few emergencies, mm. you know? Um, but if there is one, whatever, but... but Protect that time, but then not only protect it, but be intentional with it, too. So even doing family devotions, even doing communion with my son, Mm. who's a believer and is growing up in the faith and doesn't get the chance to do that very often. So even thinking, like, how can we basically do a little little church service, if you will, of reading the Bible and praying together and singing some songs and doing communion and really, really living out our faith in our home? Um, Because really, if we can't live it out there, I mean... Uh, where else does it matter? You know, I mean, it, it, it's helpful to be a part of a church, of course, but if we can't live an everyday, normal, all-of-life sense like you've been mm-hmm. talking about, yes. I think the, the other avenues end up maybe insulating us to the reality that maybe we aren't actually being as faithful to the Lord as, as we might think. Yeah, that topic of Sabbath is really helpful. I think when we, not to get on the uh, 
the rabbit trail too far with Sabbath, but to tie it into some of the spiritual disciplines and rhythms as a family. Yeah. When I look at Sabbath, usually what it was for us was a day off as well. Yeah. As opposed to, if I'm understanding Scripture correctly, Sabbath was primarily meant to stop the busyness and reconnect and rest yeah. in our God. Yeah. And out of a place of rest, then we yeah. are able to work, we're able to recenter. Um, and what I want to connect Sabbath to is I feel like as, as a father and a husband, probably if I could boil down my top job, my top hmm, need in the role of, of who I am, and that is to teach and guide my wife and my children more than anything else to connect with their God, hmm. of which Sabbath is a key part of that, um, of which I believe the way we start each day is a key aspect. And so if I could give my kids anything, impart to them, anything it would be that they would see in me and catch not only the need to be deeply connecting with God, or as Jesus would say, abiding yeah. in Him, but also have incredible joy in Him, where they realize, I could have all the riches of the world, but at the end of the day, I, man, I want my Father. Yeah. I need Him, and I yeah. desire Him. And he is my source of strength and joy. So that's one of the values of Sabbath yeah. is it yeah. models that for them mm. that, yeah, we could spend another day laboring and toiling <laughs> or, or playing so yeah. intensely that we're depending on it like an idol, yeah. but instead going, man, I am mm. so glad I get to spend this time with, yeah. with my Father in heaven. Oh, that's really so good. That's, the, I think, what mm. God has been convicting in me that I need to be investing mm. in them. Yeah. And that's so good. I mean, it's so simple, right? Um, yet it's so hard to live out mm. because there's so many other things that pull for our attention, time, energy. And I think, like you, you, you know, use the word fleshly. There's so many fleshly things in us. Of you know, for me, it's it's being driven to accomplish things, yeah, and being driven to do those things, and often even forgetting my own need to just be with yes. Jesus. And the story of Jesus, uh, you know, being at Mary and Martha's house, and Martha's running around cooking dinner. You know, you can just imagine the flurry of activity, and she's doing it all for Jesus. It's a very positive motive, right? Right, right. Yet Mary's sitting at his feet, having a conversation with him, just enjoying him. And Jesus essentially comes out of that story and says, Mary actually chose the best thing. Even though Martha was serving me, Jesus says, that's probably good. But the best thing, the better thing, Jesus mm. says, was what Mary chose, which was just to be with me. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so I think it's, as, as we think about leading our families and uh, in any direction, whatever that the Lord leads us to, there's definitely a sense that it, we can't lead our families anywhere that we haven't gone ourselves. And if we're trying to lead our, peop our, our people, our, our little people and our wives, yeah. you know, to see the glory of God, well, if we've never seen it, how can we even point them that way or even articulate what that is? Um, so I think it's a hefty responsibility that I know I've failed at for years, um, and I'm thankful that the Lord's redeeming some of those convictions and priorities and time. And so, um, yeah, and so as we begin to kind of wrap this up a little bit, let's talk about how we kind of put all this together and how the gospel relates. You know, what's the good news of Jesus, and how does that, how does that have to do with our families and being entrusted with them? And then kind of talking about how do we put all this together and what you call the overlap, um, yeah, let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, the gospel and overlap. Yeah, I think for me it comes back down to all of life being oriented towards Christ uh, for His glory and our good and the good of those around us, mm. including the church. Yeah. And 
So for us, it was looking like, um, how do we proclaim the gospel and the good news of the gospel into every aspect of life? So that, that includes how we operate as a family. It includes how we are serving in the church, uh, building up the body. And when I say the church, I don't just mean when we come on Sunday yeah. or joining in programs, but in what ways am I engaging my brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. in the everyday stuff and yeah. knowing what's actually going on in their life yeah. and being there and, and me yeah. being vulnerable enough so they can know what's in my life. Um, so part of it is all inviting our kids for, to be mm. faithful in that yeah. and seeing the value of the bride of Christ, his, his body, his church. And then also finding his ways of, so it's not just mom and dad going off and serving in our community, but like actually doing it together. Yeah. So at, at the end of the day, if I want my kids to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, uh, and to love their neighbor as herself, both the, within the body and uh, for me personally, with a high emphasis also in the community, yeah. we have to actually be doing that as a family yeah. so that when they are no longer under our roof, uh, <laughs> so to speak, that's already been built into them as a basic way of life that yeah. they've been doing for hopefully 18 years or whatever yeah. in their life. And, and showing them, even with the gospel, it's not their toil mm. that's making the difference. It is yeah. the grace of God that saved them, the grace mm. of God that's sustaining them, yeah. and empowering and guiding through yeah. every aspect that I just mentioned. Well, that's good. And I think that's hard. It's hard to integrate mm. all of those things together um, unfortunately, we live in an American kind of Christianized version of, of let's just kind of compartmentalize everything. Mm. Um, and so I think that's a great word for today of how do we find the overlap or the uh, making else sure there's a common thread that weaves all of those parts of our life together, and it's one life, like you said, all of life. I think that's just, that's just a great way to summarize that. Um, I know for us, we've also been trying to teach our son to, even as we, to put some practical suggestions in your mind, maybe, again, God's going to lead you all in different ways, but prayer walking our neighborhood. Yeah, that's good. It's real simple. Uh, it's really not very uh, flashy or cool or whatever, but it's just a simple way that teaches a lot, and it's a teachable moment to say, hey, let's go walk around our neighborhood. You know, it's nice out. We get some exercise Absolutely. and talk about how that honors God with our body, you know, and talk about let's go prayer, prayer walk and pray for our neighbors. And, you know, my son, who's uh, nine... You know, we did this a few years ago when we lived in, in Utah, and he would be like, "Why? Are, what are we praying for, Dad? Mm. You know, it's like, oh, that's a great question. Well, we're praying for their salvation. And, well, why are we praying for their salvation? We don't even know these people. Well, well, one, we, we hope to know these people yes, someday. Yes. That's part of the goal of living in a neighborhood, right? So we even that was a teachable moment of part of our goal, son, is to first of all know their names and to get to know their stories and to share our stories, but then to be praying for them that if they don't know Jesus, that's their greatest need, right? They don't need a bigger house. They don't need a better job, although those things might be helpful. They might, they might even have a sickness that might, they might need to be healed from, and that's important, but their greatest need is an eternal security in Jesus Christ alone. Mm. And so that's why we're out here praying, praying for opportunities to engage them, praying for opportunities for them um, to hopefully hear the gospel and respond to the gospel. And maybe, if the Lord would will it, maybe an opportunity for us to even walk with them in discipleship and maybe studying the Bible together and answering their questions and just walking through life with them as they explore Jesus or Christianity or the Bible or the gospel. And so that was just one tangible way that we try to do that. I'm sure there's a lot of others, but 
But what, what would you throw out as maybe a couple practical things if mm-hmm. someone's listening and going, I don't really know how to connect some of this stuff with my family, yes, especially yes. in my neighborhood or something. What's, what's just a few, you know, maybe little bullet point things that you would suggest? Now, here's a couple practical things to think about. Yeah, your story is a great example for sure of connecting, like discipling your son with uh, living out his faith, Yeah, both in the context of depending on God and then putting him in a, an environment or a posture where he's actually pursuing the mission of God. Yeah, I think one of the examples that uh, God gave, a, gave me the opportunity to be a part of a few years ago that just still comes back to my mind is uh, I was discipling a guy, and so we'd get together usually mm-hmm. once a week, uh, talk about the highs and lows of his mm-hmm. life and um, helping him connect in God's Word and prayer. And I was trying to do the same with my son, and realizing that I wanted him to see that that one of his primary roles when he is growing up is to be investing in others as well. Yeah. And so, and at the time I was actually working with two different guys. So this doesn't happen very often. So this is not like <laughs> this should be the weekly goal that you have something like this happens. But God just God gave me an idea to connect a couple of those things together. And so um, one day I took my son. And we connected with the first guy I was discipling with. So now we have three people. Yeah. And because um, I wanted my son to see I'm discipling this guy. And yeah. I wanted this guy to see I'm investing in my son oh, that's great. as well. And then we went and picked up cookies and delivered it to the job site, mm. a construction site of the second guy mm. that I was discipling. That's cool. And so that my son and this guy was seeing mm. part of what we do together in community is we go and empower our fellow brothers and sisters yeah. in their ministry, and yeah. we do this in the face of those mm. who are not yet believers in Christ. And so we delivered cookies to the fourth guy. That's great. So he's the fourth one in this equation. Uh, so he could then give cookies to all of his coworkers who that's I don't think cool. any of them were believers. Yeah. And so, again, that's not a daily or weekly occurrence, but it was just one of those really unique opportunities to go, mm. interesting, we're, we're kind of setting... We have a teachable moment... Yeah. to say and catch something on multiple levels. Yeah. And that was a way to get my son into it. So it wasn't just, again, dad doing his discipleship thing, yeah. but him being a part of it and seeing this mm. is normative yeah. as a follower of Jesus. This yeah. is not dad doing something special. Mm. This is just life with yeah. Christ. And and then continuing the investment in him and those mm. other guys too. Yeah. And that was just a really, really fun day. Yeah. And where I think even God was solidifying in my life Man, this is what I was made for. Yeah, um, and there was a greater joy in that than most of the other things I do. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah, man, that's cool. And when you say the word normative, I mean that, that's that's a goal to pursue, right? Yeah, making yeah. all of life interconnected, all about Jesus, but to make that way of life normative. I think that's a great note to end on. As, as, as you're listening, we hope and pray that this conversation would be helpful to you as you think about. Uh, the family that God has given you, um, and how you maybe can steward that responsibility with a gospel-centered view. Uh, Again, that it's all about Jesus, right? His person, His work. It's only by His grace that we have any hope in this life and the one to come. Um, And so uh, steward that responsibility well in a way that honors the the Lord, it edifies the church, it engages the lost. And uh, thank you for tuning in today to listen to this, and uh, we look forward to seeing what God does in your life. Thank you for tuning in today. 
You can find a wealth of resources including free downloads, videos, book recommendations, sermons, training opportunities, and more at my website, www.displaythegospel.com.